This podcast contains spoilers, might contain explicit language, and is not made for anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to John vs. Film, and today... We are taking a look at War of the Gargantuans, or Gar- Gargantuas, sorry, War of the Gargantuas, also known as Frankenstein no Kaiju, Sanda Taigaiwa, and is directed by Ishiro Honda, written by Ishiro Honda and Takeshi Kimuro, and his story was credited to Ruben Berkovich, which is the same as the last movie. And the movie came out just a year after Frankenstein versus Baragon, so 1966. Anyways, I really don't need to introduce this movie because it is a cult classic, uh, or just a classic in general, you know. I know this is a lot of people's favorite kaiju movie. Um, but yeah, anyways, let me break it down to you how we do things in John versus Film. So, I give you a little synopsis that I wrote, and then I talk about five things I like, and then talk about five things I dislike. Then I wrap it all up with my overall thoughts. So, without further ado, let's get into it. The Green Gargantua, Gyra, comes from the sea to feast on humanity. But, before humanity can kill Gyra... His brother Sanda saves him. Unfortunately, Sanda doesn't realize his brother was a people eater. But as soon as he does, it's all out war. And yeah, that's pretty much the movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's get into the likes. First thing I like is Gyra is legitimately scary. Especially in the airport scene, like. My god, <laughs> the freaking, you know, like, I, I don't know what it was, but it, it's just like him looking, you know, through the window, grabbing that one person, how he eats people. It Maybe it's the suit and how it shows, you know, the suit actor's eyes. And also, Gyro is played by Godzilla himself, Haru Nakajima, uh, if I... Uh, remember correctly uh you know i should probably look that up um because i might be saying something wrong i might be doing a bad thing but nope i was right i was right imdb says i'm right so haha haha you you guys are losers joking aside seriously like um maybe it's because we can see you know more emotion from the actor themselves and with the slimmer suits and Again, the eyes. There's something about Gyra that is just scary. And it's not like uh, when I was talking about Rebirth of Mothra, where I was like, you know, oh, this kaiju used to scare me as a kid. Where even though I wasn't like shitting my pants of Gyra when watching as an adult now, I'm still like, you know, getting into it and be like, Gyra's scary. Like, damn. They did not pull punches with Gyra. Second thing I like is the military, because the military here is very competent. 
and it's I believe the real first like the first movie where we get the iconic Mazer tank or at least what we know to be the Mazer tank. There's actually a really great video from Vintage Henshin. Really great stuff. Go goes down the history of the Mazer tank. Give it a watch. Highly recommend it. But the military, they, they almost killed Gyron if it wasn't for Sanda intervening. intervening. They they would have killed Gyra in the forest. Movie would have been over. No war. No war whatsoever. But that would have been a boring movie. Or a short movie, I should say. Uh, next up is I like the miniature sets. Especially the airport and the city. I don't remember which city it was. I want to say it's Tokyo, but it's always Tokyo. I could be wrong. It might be Osaka or Kyoto. I I don't know if the movie mentions it or not. I, I might, I'm just not remembering it well. But I, I particularly love the miniature sets. And of course, all the other special effects, but I don't want to, like I mentioned in last week's episode, I don't want to keep, you know, use, you know, A.G. Tsubrai as a freebie. Uh, and then next up is I really love the final fight in the city. It's very ferocious. Like, you know, like Gyra and Sand are really getting at it with each other. It, it, it's, uh, it's really intense. Like, especially when they throw each other at the buildings or they pick stuff up and throw it at each other. I feel like this movie was the influence to a lot of the pipe work, you know, Godzilla fighting games or War of the Monsters. Just with how, you know, like for, you know, like, uh, like wild they go at each other. And it's also filmed differently because, or at least the footage is not slowed. I don't see the footage being as slowed down for Gyra and Santa, maybe because they are, you know, the suits are slimmer. They are, you know, they're not as bulky. They don't have to shoot, you know, in a high frame rate. Uh, even though there was moments where they still did, I think the fight really lended it to itself with the actors being able to move around and flex and not have to wear a 200-pound suit. Uh, but yeah. And I can't believe I'm already at the final point. I know I'm trying to... I'm going, you know, kind of rapid pace with these likes. It's not for because of the movie. It's rather because I just recorded last week's episode and I kind of want to just get this over with and when I'm, I'm kind of just a little stretch for time but yeah uh the final point is this movie has some really great visual storytelling between sanda and gyra like uh, you definitely can tell what they are thinking what you know their motives are without really any dialogue like their story, like you can really feel for Sanda wanting to protect Gyra, and you also feel scared for Gyra. You know, not scared for Gyra, but scared of Gyra, and you you really feel Sanda's torment when he has to reluctantly fight Gyra to protect humanity. You know, because Sanda's like the big brother essentially, and you know you you really get the sense of the struggle between the two and i think that also is like a lot of credit to the suit actors like they really get to show off their acting chops with the body language 
with these more slimmed down suits. And of course, all respect to suit actors, you know, and I, I understand the struggle with, you know, acting with a heavy suit. It's really hard to do. And I'm just saying, you know, like, I think the slimmer suits really allow these actors to really emote better, especially given that we can actually see the actor's eyes and the suits are overall more human-like. And there's like a lot of limitations, especially back in the show era when it comes to emoting and the kaiju because it's a lot of hand puppetry. You know, there's only so many movements that they can do. But with these suits, being able to see the eyes and being slimmer, we get to see a lot more range of motion. Uh, next up, uh, oh no, that's all the likes. Yeah, so we're off to dislikes already. So the first dislike is I was forced to watch the dark DVD version because HBO Max and YouTube don't have the Japanese version. I know, I know this isn't really a complaint on the movie itself, but it is a complaint on why on earth can I not watch the Japanese version without, you know, with by having to go back to the DVD version, which... Weird thing is with the classic media DVD version is that the movie is, like, the Japanese version is dark for some strange, like, they got a bad transfer for the Japanese version because it's it's very dark in that movie. Like, it's really hard to see. Uh, and the weird thing is with the HBO Max and YouTube, it's basically the Japanese version, but it's the international dub. So... It's not the UPA dub, which is a pretty much a different version of the movie overall. And I think both the original Japanese version and the UT UPA dub deserve to be on the streaming platforms. If Four of the Gargantros is, you know, available on HBO Max and YouTube, why not give us both versions? I don't know. It's probably some legal Toho bullcrap. Because, you know, that that's Toho for you. Uh, next up is that it, it's kind of the same problem with the previous movie, but not as bad. Um, and I am treating this as sort of a sequel to the previous movie, as it acts like a semi-sequel. Well, actually, basically a sequel, but I, I'll get into it in a little bit. But essentially, it focuses a bit on one over the other a bit too much in the beginning. But again, to be fair, it's not as bad as it was in Frankenstein vs. Baragon, where obviously the attention was on Frankenstein in the first movie, and Baragon was, you know, not that, you know, much of a forethought. At least with Th Sanda, you know, they do talk about him quite a bit in the beginning, but it's just there's a lot of focus on Gyra. I think I would have preferred there just be a tad bit just a tad bit more focus on Sanda at the beginning. But it's not horrible. It's just more of a nitpick. Uh, next up is the human cast is not as interesting as the last movie. Um, they're, first of all, uh, actor Russ Tamlin, who plays Dr. Paul Stewart, he's basically filling in for Nick Adams. He doesn't have the Nick Adams charm. I'm sorry, Russ Tamlin. He just don't. Uh, and uh, Kumi Zeno, 
Kumi Mizuno, she came back to play Kami Toga, a different character, but okay. But anyways, you know, she, it's basically the same character. There's nothing much to her. And then Kenji Sahara is playing Dr. Yuzo Majida, who is playing, uh, I, I closed out of the last uh, window. Hang on, I got Paul up the IMDb window real quick of Frankenstein versus uh, Baragon and singing the song, looking it up. There we go. Wait, that's the wrong one. Crap. Uh, this is a song. I don't know how it goes. And oh, there we are. There we go. Uh, so. Uh, so Kenji Sarari is playing Dr. Yuzo Majida, and he's basically the same character as Dr. Yuzo Kawaji, but is played by a different actor and different last name. I, I will touch about it, but yeah, it's just, it's basically the same roles, but there's not much to them from the last movie. You know, they're pretty much, the you know, very generic, especially when it came to Dr. Yuzo Majida, because... Uh, Dr. Yuzo in the last movie, he really had an arc. Like, you know, like there was a lot of death to him, you know, when it comes to him treating Frankenstein and, you know, how he struggled with his own, you know, beliefs of science versus is, you know, Frankenstein human, you know, his own struggles with that. But here it's just, I don't know. I, I just could not get really attached to the human cast in this movie. I, they were kind of boring. They were boring. Let's be real. And also, again, I, I guess this complaint carries over from the last movie. But it's just like, I love Honda's human characters. Uh, I love them, you know, in these movies. Uh, so, and like the show era, Godzilla movies have like legitimately good human characters. What happened here? <laughs> like, why are these characters... So boring, Honda. What happened? I don't know. Uh, anyway, and this leads on to the second, the last point, and that is how it tries to somewhat distance itself from the first movie. Like I mentioned, the characters are basically the same, but they have different names and stuff. And they redid like a scene from the first movie where... They take in the child, Frankenstein, feed him, and stuff like that. But they really did this to make him look more like Santa. But it's just like a kid in a monkey suit, basically, this for War of the Gant Gargantras. And honestly, not shot as well. It's a, it's a pretty basic shot. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like it treats itself like a sequel, but it wants to distance itself from the first movie. So it's like a soft reboot at the same time. I don't know. I think they should have gone with one way or another. Either have it be a sequel to the last movie or distance yourself completely. Have this be a completely different new movie. Don't half-ass it like you did. I don't know. And then finally, oh God, God damn it, Frank! Frank, you left the ending at home again, didn't ya? 
yeah, so in the movie, how it ends is that Santa and Guy are out there battling an ocean and underwater volcano comes up and erupts and Santa and Guy get caught up and they are gone. Bye-bye. The end. It, it stops. And it's like, Frank, Frank, I told you what happened last time. Yeah, I'll let you go. This has been a bad habit with you. You're out of here. Get out. No, you know, I, I just... We warned you. We warned you last time this was going to happen. If you keep leaving the ending back at home, you're done. Sorry. We'll we'll send you a nice severance pack, severage package or whatever. But yeah, uh, seriously, this movie does just, just just stops. It's like because again, it's the you know okay they're fighting in the ocean. What's going to happen? They're like oh crap, we need to find a way to stop this movie. Uh, underwater volcano. And they got, you know, when they get caught up in the, you know, eruption and we're gone. We don't see them. The end. What's, what? Anyway, that's it for the dislikes. So that leaves me to my final thoughts. So overall, I honestly didn't enjoy this movie as much as I, as much as I remember liking it when I watched it back in, uh, say, high school. It has been quite a bit since I watched this movie. Maybe it's specifically because it's a Japanese version as there's quite a bit of differences between the dub and the sub now and but so maybe I'll have to check out the dub the specifically the UPA version not the international dub you know rewatch the UPA dub and maybe my uh thoughts will change and again just a real tangent the reason why I was for like for this podcast, or at least the direction I want to take it, I want to focus on the Japanese film, so I want to try to, you know, watch it as the Japanese version. So I feel it'll be a little disingenuous, or it's like I just kind of flip if I don't try to watch the Japanese version. If there's, like, no way for me to watch the Japanese version, fair enough. But, I don't know. That's just me. But anyway, getting back to my overall thoughts... I still think the positives outweigh the negatives, especially with the, you know, with the Gargantuan brothers. They they absolutely steal the show, and the visual storytelling with them is really great. And I love the action as well. So yeah, that's my overall thoughts. Uh, I know this is a short episode again. It's not so much about the movie. You know, I, I'm sure I could have talked more about it. It's more just so I got them recording the last episode not too long ago, and I just pressed for time anyway next week i am going to be starting the attack on titan live action movies that'll be interesting um i'm going to be watching part part one and then going to be following that up with part two hopefully i can watch japanese versions for both movies because for some reason when you rent them on like digital platforms they the japanese version is available for the first one but it's the only the english dub in the second part two, it's so weird. It's so weird that they did it that way. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. This podcast is available on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean.com, and Podcast Addicts. Uh, if you watch this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I got tons of other videos that come out on Wednesdays. Give those a watch. Those are more edited, and I do... You know, spend just a tad bit more effort than I do on the podcast. 
and make sure to leave a like if you love War of the Gargantras. Leave a dislike if you just hate Frankenstein, uh, and you just or just hate Toho movies for some reason. I don't know. Leave me a comment to tell me what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.